Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of Your Mom's Podcast, the only podcast that's worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Avis. And I'm Caroline. And today we're talking about Degrassi, Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2, Father Figure, Parts 1 and 2. Roses are red, break out the tissues, Emma's the queen of daddy issues. Spike is about to give birth to baby Jack, and her late-term pregnancy hormones are at war with Emma's teenage hormones, and it is getting messy. Feeling pushed out and also unsure how to navigate her relationship with Snake, Emma becomes hyper-fixated on finding her dad. She and Craig skip school to go find him, and Emma learns that he suffered a traumatic brain injury in high school and has been in a group home ever since. She naively gives him her address, and he shows up just in time to help welcome baby Jack into the world in a most dramatic fashion. Over in grade 10, Spinner is hyperfixated on getting the perfect locker for Paige, because that's the only anniversary gift he can get her for some reason. This B-plot. It's painful. It is. I feel like, you know, keeping in our tradition of talking about the B-plot first, even though it's painful, like, they attempt to make it stimulating, I guess, um, because they got to throw the fact that Spinner's in the poorhouse, quote-unquote, again. Like, he's poor. He's so poor, he can't even win. Like, he's got a barter in Monopoly. He can't even, like... (laughs) I mean, I know that's part of Monopoly sometimes, but, like, they just use it to emphasize that he's poor and that all he can get Paige is a locker. Well, and, like, I will say, Spinner is so misguided in this episode. Yeah. But his heart is in the right place. Yeah, yeah. Like, he is legit. She voices something she voices a need and a mm-hmm. desire mm-hmm. he makes note of it and does what he can to make it happen and like that's what i like of what they start to give spinner to do they actually like to have him be the sweet guy with pay- like i like how the first uh shot we see of them in season or him of season three is Craig taking a picture of Spinner and Paige in an embrace and a public display of affection. And it's very sweet and it's not what we were given prior. We don't get Gavin. We don't, you know, I think we get Gavin here and it's just, it's sweet. Um, And I think obviously uh, Jimmy has to exploit how much of a simp, this man is this young man is for Paige, but I mean it's so it's like his first girlfriend and it's like the first girl who truly is like he's like this girl I never would expect to get she's out of my league of course he worships the ground that she walks on and he's gonna try to do anything he can do to make her happy and I mean in a way like wanting to get her a great locker is gonna go farther than like just a I guess a bracelet or something like is especially if it's going to be a cheap bracelet you know <laughs> like, right right pa- are you kidding Paige would be way shittier about a cheap bracelet than she was about the first locker that he gave her yeah like at least that's Paige a, a poor memory in this honestly right I was actually going to relate it back to like her trauma and then I was just like no I'm not going to do that 
I'm not going to do that because of course I'm traumatized. I've got, I have, <laughs> I have things in my past that make me do, do certain things. And then I'm like, unpacking it with my therapist and I'm like, Oh, is that why I do that? But of course, like my brain telling me, Oh, this is not good enough. This is not good enough. I've done that. And that's a lot of like, it's rooted in insecurity of like not I mean but then I'm like okay let me not pathology like it's just so hard to really say that it has anything to do with that Paige could just really be like a raging little bitch which she can be sometimes here's the thing is it's not what she wants and that's fine Mm -hmm. it's fine that it's not what she wants and it's fine for her to say this is not what I want what's not fine is Spinner reasonably comes to the conclusion that it's what you want because you flat out say you are jealous of Hazel's locker. Yeah. And like, it's fine to be like, look, this wasn't what I want, but she's such a bitch about it and it's so unnecessary. Yeah, it's kind of she, it's like, it gives very genuine mean girl vibes where she just has to be like snarky about it and she's just like oh you know the location is great but the quality of the actual locker is so shitty like I don't know it it definitely puts a bad taste in your mouth for Paige as a character and like her kickoff is not as great as Spinner it's a it's sort of a regression into that sort of like dissatisfied mean girl trope Um, where like and I mean I think that doesn't I mean that's a pathology in itself what that trope is but it's like I there's more more, I want more for Paige's behavior like it's like Paige Mm -hmm. you're beyond this but it's like they continually let her slip into this when it's convenient for them and right now it's convenient for them well I mean to be fair progress not perfection like it's of course you know the first step is learning to recognize the behavior like after the fact she does recognize and she does recognize after the fact you know she gets because she's definitely like justified in her anger about the spinner standing up in class and being like i'm pussy whipped yeah that was but (laughs) but then they talk it out and she realizes like oh i was being unreasonable and shitty here Mm-hmm. And and so I don't think that it's the writers sli- like being like, well, we need her to be bitchy this episode. I think it's that growth is a journey, and yeah. that sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. Sometimes it's several steps back before you take another step forward. And, and like, I I agree with that. I think that that's probably more of the most like that's mostly Paige's journey is where she is is she is constantly at war with who she would like to be in theory and who she act like where she actually is at the moment and leaning back on things that are comfortable to do because she does know that spitter worships her. And mm-hmm. I think that she does. It's not always like a manipulative thing, but I do think that there's a sense of, okay, I know that you're going to, to do whatever it takes to make me happy. Whatever it takes. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it's funny. <laughs> like their relationship, like I said, it makes it elevates Spinner, 
but it doesn't always elevate Paige and not to even jump too far forward. I think it's just evidenced in that like kind of like their arc in this episode, like the push and the pull. I think that that's a lot of their relationship. I think that it's just, I do like the, the underbelly of Gavin and that he's sweet and that he's really willing to kind of put his pride aside in order to achieve Paige's happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, even if Paige is just not, that's not what she wanted. <laughs> yeah, no. And I mean, I think, like I said, I think he's misguided in this. Like, ideally, he would be able to think and see, like, you know what? I feel like Paige would hate me humiliating her, and this would be humiliating. But, like, he's not there yet. And he's, you know, he's a young boy with ADHD, okay? He is hyper-focused on this locker thing. And yeah, he's going to make it happen. <sighs> and, I mean, it to, to his detriment, because, I mean, Jimmy, like I said, in <laughs> the Jimmy was just so delighted to find something that he could fuck up. I hate Jimmy. I'm sorry. I don't like Jimmy. I think that Jimmy just wants it. Like Jimmy, very similar to Emma, could be a very. I don't even know if it's similar to Emma in the way that it's content at home because he just got he has a shitty home life and we've just got that established. And Emma just doesn't. She just doesn't. But I think in this in the same way that he picks at things that he could just leave alone. They have that in common. Like mm-hmm. this man wronged you last year and that was fucked up, but you don't have to be friends with him anymore. You don't have to fuck with him anymore. You can literally just pretend he doesn't exist. Why are you going out of your way to humiliate him? Because I you're mean, salty. And you're I don't think serious. it's salty. I think it's hurt. Well, I yeah, think- that's part of salty. It is part of salty, but I think like I think about me as a person because obviously Jimmy Brooks and I are very similar. Um, <laughs> okay, you. Said I that. also can't get erections. Um, oh, shots fired! I was um, gonna say, well, man, he didn't even deserve that one. That was me. <laughs> but um, like I don't know. I tend to be, and I've worked on it a lot. It's taken a lot of time, but like especially when I was younger, like I am my worst self when I am hurt Yeah, because I process that into like anger and pettiness and what have you in a way where like, if somebody that I don't know or don't really care about is a dick to me, like, yeah, I might be annoyed. I might even be pissed about it for a bit, but it's not gonna like sit with me the way that like the betray that betrayal like yeah i get where jimmy's coming from jimmy and I, is hurt and jimmy's reasonably hurt i still don't like him <laughs> of course he's i mean it's not even that he's not reasonably hurt i guess my reaction when i am hurt by someone is not to i i mean i'm that sort of person if i if i'm really upset with you i'll never speak another word to you a day in my life And that for me is enough. And maybe I'm just a different person than Jimmy and I can't fault him for wanting to be outward about it. But like for me, that that brings me some peace. Like you can speak to me, you can do whatever you need to do and talk to me, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to engage with you. You don't exist to me anymore. 
that but like that is like a resort i get to when someone really fucks me up and like fucks with me and i mean of course the wrath was very similar but the crime was like drastically like you could really fuck with me one time and i was like i don't care i you don't exist and that is a overreaction of an adolescent (laughs) and i admit that and and jimmy and i instead go with the i am going to ruin your world which is Two also a types very of people. like overreaction yeah. of an adolescent. It is, and I mean, it's he, he does he get there? I don't know. I don't know that we see character growth in this episode more than we see the fact that he got what he wanted, which was to fuck with Spinner. Right. I yeah. No. Do they like? Because I know they kind of make up eventually. They do. Um, but it's not this episode. It's not. I don't think it happens for a little bit. I do just want to say I love um, the scene when Sp- Jimmy's like, okay, I'll give you the locker if you tell everyone you're a big old pussy. Um, it takes place at a skate park. Mm-hmm. We've never seen Jimmy skate. We've never seen Spinner skate. They borrowed. We're the never going to see Craig. them skate again. Yeah, there is one skateboard. There's one. that is the Degrassi Community School skateboard. Mm-hmm. They didn't even Brotherhood of the Craig. You actually have to sign it out from the gym. Yeah, Brotherhood of the it's Traveling Armstrong's. Skateboard. This, I, I really think it's funny that um, we're just supposed to pass. Oh, they're athletic. They do. Yeah. they do different sports. Like what? No, that's what the I kids love, do. <laughs> I love. There's a degree to which, like, somebody will just have a hobby and then not, mm-hmm. like the like the traveling skateboard. I feel like Craig's photography doesn't last much longer. Yeah, you know, or like sometimes Ellie plays bass. She just walks. She just fucking walks around. Terry also. She's artsy. I guess she's, she yeah. does the. She plays the bass, and she's got a camera. Mm-hmm. An old school. She, she's edgy. She's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> they get on my nerves with their casual hobbies. Like these kids must have money to just ca- just have bases lying around, right? just for prop for like a cool thing to wear as a prop. Yeah, I, Ellie I mean, doesn't actually play. It's just an accessory. It, it really just, yeah. And I mean, not to take it too far into, because, I mean, Ellie's barely in this. Is she even in this fucking episode? Um, She is, but she's not. I think that some, I saw in the Degrassi group that someone was like, oh, when they first introduced her last season and her and Paige are interacting and she's like, yeah, I heard you. I'm just, you know, I'm not going to move, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. They're like, I love Ellie's intro. And I'm like, but she doesn't stay that way. And then I saw in the comments, people were saying similar, like, she doesn't really, she loses that fire. And I'm like, yeah, they just decide that they don't want her to be that person anymore. They don't want her to be the firecracker. She can still challenge Paige, but Paige has got to mostly shit on her. And she's got to have some comeback occasionally. That's the way it's got to be. And most of the we time make the she's rules. Not gonna have it. Most of the time, she's just gonna take the L. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, it's Paige's got those zingers for you. Ellie can't keep up. 
except when she could. It's disappointing. <laughs> it's disappointing. I don't know. I'm still trying to show her grace. You're doing really well at showing no mercy. It's because I think that I just have so little patience for like the flip floppedness of the way that they write her character. Um, mm-hmm. they, it, they give her very annoying things to cling to. And it's very hard for me as someone who eventually goes on to really like her, what they do to her before. And I don't know if it's going to be enough this time. <laughs> From a critical yeah. standpoint, I don't know if it's going to be enough this time to like, get me through all of the bad things that like her good arc i'll I'll put a i'll put a plural in there um i think that there's going to be a point in time where i'm like yes this is the good part this is the good place is it however is it a is it a full plural or is it the kind where the s is in parentheses the s is in parentheses no shade just that's what it is and i just feel so bad because there's so much to get through of like unsavoriness oh there's gonna be so much to get through yeah yeah they keep her in the story for a while after she's like no longer enjoyable as a character but we are right. skip to doodling right. ahead on my she goes all on the way my arc for Ellie Degrassi goes to Hollywood yeah and then she's just fucking a, a fraction of the character that she used to be but I and I and the, in the ocean please please we can't this has got to be saved <laughs> for the Ellie retrospective that will be my little pet project we will start Isn't getting there in- like a red balloon involved too please please <laughs> I can't it is 11 a.m. on a Friday. We have got three date. How many days left in this fucking year? I can't. I can't, Caroline. And I won't. That is for another day. That is a battle for another Avis. It's not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. But that's I just, totally we're going to get to the point where some characters are going to start getting phased out soon. And I think, I don't know who it's going to be the first big person. I forget. But like, that's when the retrospectives are going to start. And we're going to give all of our, a shit ton of our feelings. I'm going to make it my mission. It's, I don't think it's Toby first. I think they keep Toby around a while. They keep Toby around for a long time. Not, not for Emma's wedding. No, he just wasn't invited. Except no, he his was, doppelganger. He, sent, he, he was like, I can't come, but I'll send me from Wish. Mm-hmm. This is what she ordered. <laughs> Uh-uh. but yeah uh so okay i will talk about the intro because i think we just to try to get that in there because i mean the b pod's very i don't really have a lot more to say about it about its hearts yeah no i think about we, its guts double check yeah notes but i think you know like the core of it really is like this ongoing thing between Jimmy and Spinner, it's going mm-hmm. to, they're going to continue to bitch at each other. And I mean, Spinner's just on the losing end of it this time. Most times. Yeah. Most times. Um, but I do think, you know, we, it's, it's, it's cute enough. It's, you know, I think it shows us a lot of Spinner. It and does. Like we a get, lot he of gets Spinner's range. Potential and like, mm-hmm. It was smart that he figured that out, and it was smart that he was able to orchestrate that. 
Yeah. You know, not only to have the idea, but then to be like, okay, what do I need to do to get, you know, to get the locker that I want? Who else do I need to involve? What do I need to offer them? Yeah. It was a very, it was a thoughtful plan. He was being thoughtful. And I think that that's ultimately what we take away from him in these episodes is that he really tried. He wasn't half-assing mm-hmm. it. He was really trying. Um, and I mean, the person who comes off looking like the douchebag is Paige. I mean, mm-hmm. she has to admit that his efforts weren't good enough for her. Um which sucks but it, that's an important moment for her because like we growth she's able to admit that that it just wasn't good enough and that's why she told him she rejected it i don't <laughs> it's not one of those b plots where i feel like it's just filler no i don't know, think it's filler or, like i think it's important character development and i think mm-hmm. it's important plot development oh yeah i'll take this over the entirety of that episode um was called relax i will take Mm -hmm. just this b plot over that entire episode because it's pointless and it goes nowhere um or like the b plot of toby and jt sharing the locker pointless pointless pointless, because it goes Um, on to mean nothing and i mean it's it's another notch in their friendship belt but we could have done that like like without a whole b plot focused on it i don't know it just the, this isn't bad i think that we get people we're interested in seeing we get more of their relationship we want to know how they're doing so mm-hmm. we get that update we want to know are jimmy and spinner ever going to be friends again i think that there's you walk away with this episode feeling like okay at least jimmy cares enough to still be fucking with spinner they're probably going to be friends again. right um well, and that's the other thing is I feel like part of Jimmy's fucking with Spinner is that he's trying to get to whatever point it is where he's going to feel like they're even again so they can be friends again. Yeah. You know, and hopefully he doesn't push too hard in the getting there. Oh, yeah. So all in all, solid B plot. Yeah, um, I, I don't have any problems with it. It was entertaining to watch. I again, I watched this episode because I just don't rely on myself to retain anything. Uh, even though I've seen this show too many times, I did watch it twice. So it wasn't the both of these plots are fine to rewatch. They're not boring. You notice new things. They're fine. I will. I will say before we segue into the the A plot that I really do. This is probably my favorite intro. Um, I just really think it's very authentic. I think that they hit their stride with understanding what they wanted for the intro. They're showing people Mm. in their native habitat, you know, doing things that we expect them to do or that is solidified into their character. Like we've got Craig and Ashley in, um, in the music lab and they're making music together and it's i i really do i i I love that there's Paige and um hazel and manny as cheerleaders because that's what we really think about when we think about Paige that she's head cheerleader and we finally have her in the intro doing that like it's definitely 
I, no, I it's like a it. solid it's, intro. It's one of my favorites. I mean, they there's a couple that riff off of this uh, idea, and they just plug in different people for different um, moves of the camera. But this is one of my favorites of this ilk. But, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, th- okay. So my big gripe with this a plot, and it will always be the manipulation of Craig Manning. That's all I really have to fucking say about that. How Emma manipulates him? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. think it's rude. His dad just died. Died, Emma. Like, he did. That man dead. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Right. Why no, would you it's, do it's... that? <laughs> Like, I just think she's a shitbox. She's a little shitbox for that. Well, and it's weird, too, because it's like... Oh my gosh. I just had to get that off of the top. Off I don't my chest. know why Craig having a dead, abusive dad is going Is to in like... any way going to alleviate, give you a comrade in arms in this situation? Right, like... He cannot like relate to you. It would make more you. sense to go to like Ellie. Ellie who knows who her dad is, but he's overseas all the time, or like somebody who doesn't know who their dad is. You could go to Ashley uh, because adopted. her dad's gay, and she feels estranged from that man. Right. Like right. someone who has a there dad so with issues that with that dad. Yeah. Like, come on, come on, come but on. It. See, and honestly, it makes me mad because I just, like, I feel like a Craig-Emma friendship mm-hmm. could have been a really good thing for both of them. I, I think one of my notes is that this episode made me want more Emma and Craig. And I... I Their train montage is adorable. It is. They, they're two of one of them. Like, they have very great chemistry, but they're also great actors i think that emma mm-hmm. um i think Miriam has her moments in these early seasons where she's not as strong but i do think that she's pretty consistent in her ability to like convey material and be this character that i don't think is super i mean i think that there's some aspects she shares with emma but i i can clearly see that she's at some points that she's just not she's acting she's being very just genuine though i think that she has a great chemistry with um jake for that reason it does kind of bother me that we don't get more of them but then i also am like he didn't need more issues like he didn't need more friends that were girls he needed more therapy no. <laughs> i mean i don't know i think they didn't bring out the best of think- each other either Degrassi is lacking and it's not even a shortcoming on Degrassi I think media for a long time has been lacking in like good opposite gender like platonic relationships right that don't eventually become that's not like the prelude right. to a, a sexual that's relationship not to lovers yeah that's like you know yeah and you basically like, be scraping the bottom of the barrel we get you know gay man straight girl Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And like, it would be nice to see two straight kids of opposite genders who are friends and just friends. It's, you know, I mm-hmm. think we've all been done a giant disservice in not normalizing that. Right. Because it does exist. 
it exists. It does exist, and it's great. And it is great. And I think that there's something to be said for that relationship because it's, I mean, you guys can learn a lot from each other. I personally Mm -hmm. don't, like, I do have friends that are men. I don't, am not going to really interact with a man in any other capacity, so they've got to be my friend. Well, yeah, no, your friendship is invalid. Um, No, it's not that it's invalid, but it is, like, like as a straight woman like well for me it's a little different because not to not to air out my personal stuff on the pad but i no, have but it is. i have had sexual relationships with men i just don't have romantic relationships with men so therein lies the issue for them <laughs> mm. <laughs> because typically if i've had sexual relationships there's one there's a desire to go further and be a romantic it's probably just because i'm not available for that but who who's to say um so it's like i think that there's always that like undertone of like oh if there's a fuckability probability like are like i'm gonna be friends with you just to see if i can have sex with you (laughs) right (laughs) which i don't i have friends that i know that that's not the case like that there is genuine friendship and I mean, whether or not they're, I, I, I think it's a lot. I think maybe that's why they try not to do it because it can be like, okay, well, are you guys friends because you're not attracted to each other or are you friends because you mm-hmm. are attracted to each other, but your friendship just means more than being sexually attracted to each other. You know, funny enough, of the men that I am just friends with, Mm -hmm. the only one that I've ever slept with was gay. Mm. Well, Um, well. So I don't know what that says. I was going to say. (laughs) We were both drunk. We were both in a dry spell. Those dry spells can get you, gotcha, snatch you up, have you doing uncharacteristic stuff. It was actually like it was fine. It was great. It was like we were both able to like compare notes okay. and like be just re- like because it and it didn't like make the friendship weird. It was just like oh yeah, we had sex that time. Yeah. Well, then that's good. Being able to kind of just say like that happened, but we're right. like, we're we're homies is kind is very evolved, and I it just you know. wasn't like it wasn't an awkward thing. Yeah, and probably in a way where it would have been if it had been one of my straight guy friends. Well, yeah, because then you got to talk about it. What does it mean? Right, and it wasn't Are one of do those it again? like oh we were really drunk and it just kind of <laughs> happened and now we have to talk about it type of things. It was like a we were both kind of drunk. We were both in a dry spell one or the other of us was like when's the last time you had sex Mm. we like start that conversation and then we're like i mean we we could wait that super reminds me of something that i'm going to just say briefly and then we've got to actually talk about the episode that we need to talk about because it's going to lead us down a whole nother fucking thing that we can't talk about for a long time but marco and ellie in college Mm. same shit and you've got to talk about that more in depth when that happens when we do because that that is such a polarizing fucking episode and occurrence in that episode that i remember having discourse in the old facebook group about it and people roasting me being like jen like sexuality is fluid sometimes you're just like fuck it that doesn't mean you're not gay i'm sorry (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> like, and it was a super controversial take because people were just like, no, Marco's gay. I'm like, I didn't say that he wasn't. Yeah, no, he's still he's gay. He's still very gay. He had sex with Ellie. Like, it happens. It very much happens. Um yeah yeah so we're gonna need that i love that you have that personal experience yeah. we're no, doing we can it totally like, yeah tack it yep. on schedule it for like six four seasons four more se- right three more seasons i don't know how many more seasons. at the rate we're recording that'll be like this summer right yeah so. right <laughs> catch us always recording <laughs> oh my god seriously yeah, out here but uh yeah okay but, okay this has been another standard deviation. We, of course, we've got to. Um, I mean, Craig and I, I, we were robbed of Craig and Emma because, I mean, their little train, their little travel montage, their little train escapades, it's cute. And I do think for what it's worth, Craig's personality does aid her in this journey. She would not have mm-hmm. gone up at the end of the episode to... Um, like you know look up the room and and encourage her to go upstairs and he'll wait down here and everything like i don't know any of the other options that she would have picked that would have gotten that personally involved because craig one thing he's gonna do is get like once you've involved him it's his thing too like he's in it right and he's gonna be in it as much as you're in it and i don't know who else would have done that aside from manny you know like manny would have done that because that's her best friend but like he Craig mm-hmm. kind of stepped up and he did what Manny could not do because her mom would have kicked her ass. Um <laughs> not physically. That's I, I'm not not meaning no. to say, but kicked her ass as we all know moms will do if you cut class and other things. But yeah. So And Sean's got his you know, social worker <laughs> to worry yeah, about. Sean's and like Emma's not fucking like, around with he's like, I'm not doing this. Which with you. she's like super shitty about. And it's like Emma You would never have encouraged you don't know him Sean's to life. Right, you like, don't like She knows it's not like stable uh, period, period, period. This is see, <laughs> this is why like ultimately I'm not pro Emma and Sean. Like yeah. and again, I think that they're like them falling in love is very, very sweet. Very sweet. Very sweet the ways that they can be there for each other but it's mostly the ways that sean can be there for emma it's it's pretty much the ways that sean can be there for emma like he has the emotional i mean out of the two of them it's not that like emma's emotionally immature but like when she gets ready she throws all of that to to the wind and is just willing to believe what she wants to believe versus what things actually are and like well and it's also just a fundamental misunderstanding of the reality of things. That's, I mean, that's my... Pro- it, it ties back to her causes. It's how she doesn't consider that, like, GM foods feed she, starving right. people. She does not consider... And NAK makes it so Sean can do his fucking schoolwork. She does not consider the the other opinion or the other reality because her reality is it's a re it's part of the reality but it's not the whole she's thing she's got a computer in her bedroom she shouldn't but yes she does <laughs> the fact that like she I, I think i said it in our um because we have i don't know if we mentioned it in the pre-show or anything but we have recorded this episode before um so i've said before that i'm just gonna give fucking spike a gold star on her forehead for taking that fucking computer out of her room and making her have to creep downstairs at night to do internet research or upstairs 
she has to go upstairs because now she's living downstairs. Right, because she lives in the basement. So her Spike did not put that shit in the basement. I don't know if it's for logistics because at that time you would have had to have it plugged into the modem via like mm-hmm. those the the cord the cable cords I, the like ethernet, the ethernet cable. cable thank you so i know we had a super fucking long one at my house because my mom had to string it down the stairs but like spike was probably like either i'm gonna be a smart parent and not put this in your in the basement where you can have 24 hour unbridled access to it or i'm just not moving this shit down a flight of stairs because we're gonna have to string a cord down there and that's not fucking reasonable right whichever it was i mean good for you though i don't know my kid would not have unsupervised computer access for a long time after she almost got i mean taken to yellow knife i really want to have the faith in spike that the reason why she's not having the unsupervised uh, access is because of that occurrence. But I also feel like that's putting too much faith in Spike. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if she has that much parental prowess built up yet. (laughs) I think that she just trusts Emma and like, see, see Emma, see, see, this is why you don't do this shit. And like, and like expect her no, to never fall she gives internet a stranger her address she gets on the internet finds a stranger and gives, and him, gives her address. him her address because he has a photograph i mean to be fair her mother's in it he is her he's dad. her dad but he she is her dad. but she doesn't know she this doesn't man know him who is this she doesn't know this man from adam at least like take a like go visit him again feel him out get, start a dialogue with your mother i don't know be right reasonable safe smart right any of those things no those don't occur to her to me it just seems like she's ready to be angry at everyone but like it, it I, it's hard to know who to be angry at in this situation it's like no one's fault it's no one's fault that what happened to um shane happened he he literally was tripping on acid and either jumped and or was fell off of a bridge it's kind of ambiguous in the old series and his traumatic brain plot to a snake pushed him <sighs> if we want to do a degrassi diaries about that that would be dun 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 no <laughs> no it's I kid, I kid. It's very much like it's no one's fault. And it to to I think it's really cruel of Emma. Again, Emma's just throwing the deep cuts in this episode to like blame her mother for putting her father in a group home. She was a child. And I think she's not her math is still not mathing because how did she have custody over the fucking 16 year old boyfriend that she had? They weren't even together right, at that time. No. How did she have custody Spike over him to sign him into a, an, a, an institution where he could be? How did she have and how did he become a doctor? Even if his brain was perfectly untraumatized or traumatically injured. How would he have had the time to become a doctor? He's not Doogie House. <laughs> but, okay, so I will say in defense of that, like, it's a little ridiculous. But I can also understand that's how she remembers it. And she's never examined it. Yeah. 
because it's what makes sense to her and like we don't challenge our own bias i think it's a very human thing not to challenge our own bias for emma it makes sense to me Mm -hmm. that she hasn't she hasn't re-examined it because it's the story she's told herself to cope with not having a dad yeah yeah yeah. It doesn't make sense that neither Craig or Ashley is like, wait, wait he's, he's like a year older than your mom and he was a doctor, doctor when you were you a were toddler. You, when you were three, you were three, you were three. So Max, your mom was how old? Because your mom had you when she 17. was 13. So your dad is maybe... 18, 19. Barely out of high stretching school. It. Barely an undergrad. Oh, yeah, he was a doctor. Yeah, that Barely tracks. an that undergraduate, like, university. If he went straight to university. Right. Emma. And he didn't. He went straight off a bridge was... and into a group home. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's, it's the math never, like, Emma refuses to do math is my note. Emma refuses to do math. But, like, I get it. I don't I, blame Emma for it. I don't blame Emma I, for it. I do, like, I mean, why did Ashley and Craig not, not? As perfectly capable people of doing, like, the math, they did nothing. All they all Craig could have sat on that train and said, wait a minute. <laughs> but he just didn't. He just right. didn't think about it. But, like, I must say there is something for that phase of being, like, okay, where is my father? Personally, I had a super present stepfather. I have, he's, he's well and alive. I have a super present stepfather. And after a point, I was in uh, fourth grade in, um, I, I think recording last time, I could not remember my teacher's name, but I've since remembered her name is Mrs. Lewis. And um, I always called him Mr. Brink and I wanted to call him dad. So I had the conversation with her to call him dad. And I had this, and it was, that was kind of, I was 10. That was the culmination of me struggling against like the fact that my father, my biological father just wasn't doing what he, what I expected him to do. He wasn't there, but my stepfather was there. And as like a child who had both that struggle of your biological father, just not being present or who you who you needed and then like it it's hard to kind of reconcile the people that show up for you but I feel like that's what you should always focus on is who's showing up for you but when you're young like no I had similar of like I feel like most of the times when I was younger that I got mad at and I just call my stepdad my dad Mm -hmm. the the times that I got mad at my dad it was it was because he was being who my biological dad couldn't or wouldn't be for absolutely. me. Absolutely. And like. Absolutely. Right. And it's kind of like resentful. It's like you don't even, you're not even my actual, like you had no role in creating my life and you take more responsibility for me than my, than the actual person who had a role in creating my life. So it's, it's hard. Well, and I think there's that struggle too of like. I always had a really hard time being mad at my biological dad Mm -hmm. because he had already left. I didn't want him to leave more. Mm -hmm. Me too. You know, whether or not it was his intention, he had told me I was disposable to a degree. Mm -hmm. And, And I did not want 
to be thrown away. Right. And so I was mad at my mom and I was mad at my stepmom and I was mad at my dad. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't mad at my bio dad. Absolutely. Or at least I didn't like let him know that. I didn't let him know that. Same for me. Like I didn't want to be whatever little scraps of interactions I had with him. I didn't want them to be hostile. Um, even when he didn't deserve it, like he, he would Mm -hmm. just deserve hostility more than anything. I definitely was nicer to him than I felt he deserved. And as an adult, it's like, okay, there's, I speak to my dad very regularly in terms of like, we text more than we talk on the phone. I hate talking on the phone, but it's more of a relationship than I'll ever have with my biological father, because in a way too, he can't accept that he wasn't there and that there was someone that Mm -hmm. was there instead and, and in, you know, stepped up when he wasn't stepping up. And now he kind of wants to rewrite history, but it's like, you don't know me. Like he knows me. You were not there. You did not raise me. So it's very hard to like kind of have a relationship with someone who's like, yeah, I am your father. Okay. But what did you do? (laughs) Like, what did you do? Um, It's very hard. Like, I I don't think that like Emma's feelings fall on deaf ears. Like, obviously we both relate. I think that it's just so hard to like, I appreciate her turnaround and like accepting that steak is not (laughs) trying to replace Shane because he can't. He is never going to be Shane and he doesn't want to be Shane, but he is stepping up to be a father figure and, you know, a father. I see what you did <laughs> I there. know, I know, I tried. Um, sidebar, that this song is so inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> For the plot, sometimes um, it lines up and sometimes it's just like, oh gosh. If you guys haven't listened to yeah. Father Figure by George Michael, please do yourself a favor and listen to it not in the context of this episode, please and thank you. <laughs> um, no, but it, yeah, it, it's all very real. It's all shit I can sympathize mm-hmm. with. I think that's part of why it annoys me too, is that like when Emma is being shitty to Snake, Mm -hmm. I'm removed from it and I'm able to see how shitty it is. And I'm able to be like, oh, this must have sucked for my dad. Yes. Oh, yes. All that man ever tried to do. (sighs) Have I ever told you the story of the day my mom fell in love with my dad? I don't think so. It was their first Christmas together. I was eight. My dad had spent the day with his boys, but they went to their mom's for dinner. And so he came over to our house for dinner. I had gotten a tea set for Christmas. I had asked my mother all day long to have a tea party with me. And she was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Mm -hmm. My dad gets there at the time. He was just Mr. Daigle. Mm -hmm. Um, But he gets there. And shortly after he arrives, I'm like, mom, tea party. And she's like, I'm making dinner. I can't. And my dad, who at the time was like a power lifter, he's very like lumberjacky, mm-hmm. like picture the brawny towel guy, <laughs> looks at me and he goes, I've never had a tea party. Could I come to your tea party? Aww. And that man put on a silly hat and sat on the floor with me and some dolls and drank pretend tea. Oh, that's so sweet. And like so early on was like no this is my kid mm-hmm. like i don't know what you're talking about this is my kid yeah. 
same. Yeah. And and so yeah, no, I hate this episode because I think back to that man and then I think back to me at that 13, 14 year old age. Right. Yeah. And I'm like Oh, you put because my dad's also like goofy and like, he's very snake. Mm-hmm. I would I would compare my my dad to Snake as well. He's very much like, but he's gonna keep trying. Like that's what I love about Snake is like he's he's not put off by her prickly disposition. He knows that she's gonna come around and she has to process and go through her shit. Well, I think he knows where it comes from yeah. and I think he respects it and has empathy mm-hmm. for it. I don't think that means it doesn't hurt. I don't think that means it doesn't hurt either. I think it means that he's a a great guy because he doesn't, he he Mm -hmm. takes that because he knows where it comes from, even when he doesn't really know where it comes from. Because there are other situations that he's just been like, okay, I'm just going to take this on the chin. I don't know where the fuck your, your head is at today. But like, you know, it's, it's very much like he loves her. He loves her unconditionally. It's, it's, it's apparent, you know? Not it's apparent that he's a parent. Uh-huh. Um, he's very much like I am going to be here for you, even though you're still figuring it out and like you don't know right. what you're doing because like she's hurting too, and hurt people hurt people. I'm sure, I'm sure Snake says shit like that in his spare time, especially <laughs> fucking hurt teenagers who don't know how to process their emotions, mm-hmm. and she's got a lot of. Very big, big very feelings. Real, very valid feelings. Yes. Emma got big feelings. Yep. No, and I, yeah, no, I think it's a solid A it plot. Is, it is. It's frustrating to watch, but it, like. It definitely wraps itself up nicely in the end, even with Shane inviting himself over, though he was given the address <laughs> to Emma's. He was. He was. Because. <laughs> That was stupid. Emma is an idiot who learned nothing from mother child. She learned zip. And I mean, my problem, okay, and I mean, I think that this is just literally a a whole issue with the way they wrote Shane, because I'll briefly, briefly, because we're hitting our, our mark of time, but I know that originally Shane was portrayed by a different actor. And I know that this actor did not want to come back because he just did not agree with this arc. And it's fair because the arc is just not good. Shane, we see him in this two-parter. We see him at the very end and then he's throughout the second part. And he is just kind of a semblance of what they tried to do to him in the original show. In the original show, of course, he has bursts of anger and confusion, Um, But he's still very much able to hold a conversation and they I think they give him more of a dopey sort of personality. And I don't know how traumatic brain injuries work. I am not a neurologist or whatever you need to be, but I just they can work a lot of ways. Right. I think that if it's possible, maybe he evolved into this. I, I don't know, but it just it's very inconsistent with how he was portrayed in the original show. And I think it's harder to watch it as and it was very hard to watch his portrayal in the original show. Like he's walking around uh, saying everybody deserves to be kicked in the head who like who's uh, going against him. Like he asks Spike if she'd like to go out sometime to a movie. And she says, I don't think that's a good idea. And she's like, you're dumb and you deserve to be kicked in the head. Like he, he does still have those outbursts of anger. And I think that those are consistent, but I think that they definitely play up 
negative aspects of the TBI that that weren't really present before. Right. And you certainly can have like a loss of like cognitive abilities Mm -hmm. like is portrayed, but you can also have a TBI and it's just going to like change personality things, you know? And like, I don't know. It's a, it's actually really scary how completely different a person can become. Right, as a result of a TBI. Yeah. it's And I mean, I think that they could have explored it in other ways. I, because we didn't see that much mm-hmm. of Shane in the original series, I just wish that there was, like, I was left wanting for the fact that we only see this man in this fucking instance. We don't, we don't really even talk about this man again. Nope. Like, I think that we can probably put him in the black hole, but like, I don't know. He's just not. I, no, he's, he's black. That's why it's on the script for a black hole today. Cause he's. A oh, black right. Hole. <laughs> it's on the script, Davis. Read the script. But um, yeah, it's okay. So yeah, he's, he's never mentioned again. And we really don't like this little bow that they tried to wrap it up into. I just didn't appreciate. And I, and I get why the OG character, uh, OG actor was just like, yeah, fuck this fuck this shit I'm not doing it um uh, and I, I I must point out <clears throat> there's only one woman that works at that center where Shane uh where right. Shane is housed and then a bunch of buff orderlies <laughs> she's got to go pick people up when they run off into the streets because she's the doctor and she's transport and she's an orderly and a nurse, I guess. I don't know. She's making fucking rounds, and like not in her. I don't know. Safe to say, she's not getting paid she's enough. Most likely not getting paid enough. She's pulling off apron strings and then putting a hat on and going to do three other. She's got a bunch of jobs. This bitch. <laughs> but I mean, like, that's fine. Once again, they just didn't want to hire other people. <laughs> They're like, we know this person. It right. needs to be her. Um, and I was uh, just a little bit high watching the scene where you me never I never indulge in the devil's lettuce um, where she's like did you do you have an appointment and he should and the dolly zooms in on Craig and Emma <laughs> and she's like no <laughs> I don't know. It was just really wacko. It was just like, why did they dolly zoom? I love you. Love it. Why did they, zoom. they keep making me, lo- they, they keep throwing it in there. Like I'm going to talk about the dolly zoom every time I see it because you guys throw it. Ashley, in. your dad is gay. <laughs> zoom. Do you guys have an appointment? Zoom. zoom. <laughs> this is like two varying degrees of like fucking dramatic whatever oh my gosh Degrassi what the fuck um but yeah and the last my last I do go ahead oh, go I was, ahead. No, I was gonna go take ahead. it to a different topic so if you had anything on this no I was just gonna say I do love like the little that last scene when the Nelson Simpson family is all together mm-hmm. And Emma says to baby Jack, you look like our dad. And like, it's hokey, but it's like... I like it a lot. I like it. It's very sweet. It's sweet, sweet and it's... It it warms my heart. And I mean, I think that I'm glad that you brought it to that because mine is not as important as that beautiful 
note, it's just an observation that they cleaned that baby up so fast. It was a big ass they, newborn. Big, that thing would have tore a little ass spike the hell up from end to end. <laughs> She's torn. I hope that Liz like reevaluated her views on abortion before she became a midwife. I hope so too. Otherwise, like she's like the worst midwife ever. And I don't want any I don't want her in my house. <laughs> Personally. At least she reevaluated her views on that haircut. I'm glad that they both reevaluated their views on haircuts because gosh, Spike what the fuck it better than it, oh yeah like i mean i think it's a look it was a look in time but then like never again please anytime one of my friends is like i need to do a hair change what should i do i post a picture of liz in the comments and they completely I'm are like turned this. off from wanting a haircut now they're like i just lost my appetite for a haircut thanks really it's right in front it's of my punk, my haircut pinterest board <laughs> uh yeah no we're I, I i this a plot it was it was cute it wrapped up very cute um and i am i'm happy for simpson that he's got harmony in his home for about 2.5 seconds <laughs> and miriam can can carry the she, plot she carried she did the work she did the work in those yeah. little clogs those uh those potato those potato shoes that <laughs> just wore through the summer and the winter it's it's a good one. Should we move on into the yeah, segments? Yes, though? we shall shimmy over to. All right. I mean, it, you got to lead us to. Oh, I guess. <sighs> do we want to start with shots fired? Yeah, because I I get I actually was cursing our former selves out in the previous episode that we recorded, but I actually think that I'm gonna stand by our previous selves. <laughs> yeah. So we are. Uh, we're skipping the fashion corner for the first time ever and hopefully one of the only times yeah we're just gonna keep riding y'all it's just not worth the stop today not worth we got a billboard we can see we can wave at a billboard shout out to emma's uh potato shoes um and her lace cami and yeah Paige's little top yeah it's but a little it's billboard just, on the way by. We're waving at it. We're not stopping. Um, we're going to keep chug-a-lugging to the part of town where the shots are fired. That's what we're going to do. Pew! 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 Shots fired. All right. So, um, let's see. Okay, my first one is fucking Quan, who is coming in hot this season once again saying, fuck them kids. Yes, indeedy. We're talking about, they're talking about their homeroom teachers, and Marco has Miss Quan, and we find that out, right, because Spinner's like, uh, the pain of my existence. Mm -hmm. And she, of course, is right there, and she goes... The word is Bane, Gavin. (laughs) Don't worry. I'll tell you what it means in class. Grade 9 English, that is. Again. Yeah, she a little asshole for that. I know that scene. She a little asshole. I know that scene by heart. 
because she's so rude, but her delivery is on point. It is on point, but it's rude. It's, rude it's like AF. humiliating, and yeah, it's not necessary. You're adding like, it, you're adding bitterness to the fucking pot. This is a kid who struggles. What happened to like the <laughs> the goodwill that you built in season one that you then just like Pissed immediately away. undid? Yeah, that's just her thing. That's just her thing, Caroline. She says "fuck them kids" routinely, and if we ever thought Fuck them kids, but um, mine actually, my first shots fired occurs very shortly before that, when Paige says um, in response to Hazel, hoping that her, uh, that she and Paige instead of um, <laughs> instead of uh, fucking Simpsons homeroom get armstrong as a homeroom teacher and Paige says easy there hormone girl he's a teacher and if you know anything right. about Paige michael chuck it's like an ironic shot fire. Paige mikhail chuck <laughs> mikhail chuck oh fuck that teacher that professor <laughs> Yeah, that's super relevant, Paige. It's going to come back to bite you in the booty hole. But yeah. Um, then, yeah. Yeah, although also Hazel's same. Armstrong is he a is. He's a hottie. Hottie toddy. Um, I, there's a point where um, Quan says, like, right after that. So Quan says her shitty English mm-hmm. thing. And Paige says to Spinner, she's like, no one was yeah. laughing. And fucking Jimmy <laughs> is like all there. of a sudden like right up in his ear like Oh my gosh, that sounded like such a robot, Carol. <laughs> yes. Did it? Wait, oh, so no. do it again. I thought I was trying to go with like the intimacy of the up in the ear of Jimmy being like oh, no, when you get that close it's No. Okay. So we'll uh we'll work that up. So Jimmy, you know, comes right up into his ear and is just like I was, and it's like it's very close and uncomfortable. Yes, he's all up in the the eardrum, nasty. You can probably feel his like yeah. the, the the moistness from his breath, like in your ear. Oh god, I hate that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So later on, uh, Emma is brooding over a yearbook in the library, I believe, and Craig and Ashley walk by. And Craig's like, oh, what is this? And she's like, a yearbook from the 80s. And Craig's like, I got to see this. So he uh, looks it through with her and they see Spike. And he's like, isn't that your mom? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, "Uh, that's crazy hair or something like that. And Ashley's like, oh, maybe that should be my next do. And he's like, now don't make me take this book away. To be fair, Ashley looks really cute yeah, right now. Yeah, the red suits her. The little the red and the little bob. The yeah. Little pixie cut. I mean, it's a little bit longer than and a the pixie not, cut. Like, there was something, the goth felt like it was trying to I like hard. the color on her. Color Color's not bad. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can still be goth and wear color. But she's, she's not, not goth, goth anymore. anymore. Though, I don't she's just trying like to be alternative, like alternative of some sort she's still finding her yeah. style but i think she's like found it more than she she had. did yeah that it, the it, the look suits her a lot more i really do like the red on um on her skin tone and the cut is is very cute mm-hmm. uh she they're starting to look more like the couple they eventually go on to be but uh <clears throat> yeah 
I had one more. I have and two more. it's towards the end when Spinner and Paige make up, they're kissing in the classroom and Jimmy walks in and he says something about Spinner being whipped. And Paige, fucking queen that she is, just looks at him and goes, Poor lonely jealous James. If only he had someone to kiss as yes. if Okay, mine and I'm I'm here. I'm for here it. for that too because someone needed to clap back at his ass. Like you got too much time on your hands, Jimmy. Get a fucking right. girlfriend. Get out of our faces. But um, my next, my last one because I thought I had another one, but I didn't. Um, occurs somewhat before that. Uh, when Spinner is talking about his whole monopoly spiel. And he's like, yeah, and I'm in this whole conundrum, and I had no money. And Marco says, sounds familiar. Because <laughs> Marco just... Shots yeah, fired. He just had to bring in the zinger. He just had to... Marco. You know. Marco, Marco, Marco. Hello. Um, Oopsie. I We do, we discussed it a little bit, but we have a black mm-hmm. hole. Um, Shane McKay will never be heard from again, never spoken of. Um, he's gone. If I think about it, I'll put that music that I will remember you like just a snippet. There, just now we snippet. have it. No, there we oh. have it now. Okay, well, all right, you t- will you remember me? Don't let your life pass you by i don't know the rest of and we not for the memory okay all right is it sarah mclaughlin i think it's I sarah, like it's sarah McLaughlin. McLaughlin. yeah I, I would wager a bet yeah but Let's sorry to out. this no, man you will know. never be heard from again <laughs> no which you know is probably better it is sarah mclaughlin i fucking hate sarah mclaughlin's but it's probably better for you like go knit you seem relatively happy the mn the nelson simpson household is a mess there's other things that could be done your daughter is a tyrant I've heard rumor that your baby mama is a cannibal. Oh so, like, I've heard rumor indeed. <laughs> I don't understand that joke at all, but I'm I don't here understand for it. it either. It just had a life of its own for a while, and I'm here for it too. <laughs> you don't have to understand um, everything yeah. to enjoy it, you know? It just, it just along we... for the ride. Shane McKay, we hardly knew we you. We really didn't. We really um, didn't. We also have two hunts, mm-hmm. since we're still tracking mm-hmm. those. Uh, Quan says her shitty thing to Spinner, and he's like, yeah, everybody laugh it up. And Paige says, no one was laughing, hon. And then Jimmy comes in. All I, was. Like, I was. I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at the end, when they're having their resolution, Paige says, I'm sorry if I was demanding. And he's just kind of quiet. And she goes, feel free to say that I wasn't, hun. Mm, um, and he's like, I didn't notice it. Because <laughs> Spinner is, is good, if not misguided. Very, very misguided. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
he's trying. He's doing the best he can. Okay, he's got ADHD, guys. He does. They they really want us to forget, but he does. <laughs> All right. Um, wanna... So from there. I think it's just talking about our shining stars and our super bummers. Yes, I think so too. Um, you want to start with the good or the bad this week? Uh, let's save the best for last. Get those bummers out of the way. Um, I gotta say the Jimmy was a big ass bummer, of course. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna give it to Spike. I'll give it too. to Spike. I know she's I'll give pregnant it to Spike. She was annoying. Like, and I mean, like Emma's thirteen, and she's asking, yeah. like, it's time to answer. But then I also have to put Emma on there because she, though very justified in her core feelings, did not need to guilt trip Craig. When in doubt, you guilt trip Craig, and did not need to blame her mother maliciously for putting that man in an institution i don't think that that out like that's very shitty behavior and i don't think that's justified through her feelings i would i would agree with that i think it's explained through her feelings but it's not justified she's a little shit basket for that but you know she's going through a hard time did we say page we didn't but page 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 yeah heavy on the page yeah and again you're growing and i get it the, the the path of growth is not linear it's fine but no you, you must no. be you must you must know you were a bummer but yeah. we're gonna call you out when you suck and you, you were, were a bummer, bummer this week yeah. uh you did have some zingers but so you were you overall a bummer keep them on their toes page <laughs> And not even like memorable enough outfits to mm-hmm. like to 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 weigh out the the snark. Your yeah, there, it, I was just so paid. I was locked in to what was being said because there was no fashion to distract me. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a big problem. Yeah, but yeah. I think that that's pretty exhaustive. I yeah. Shining stars. stars. I think we're in agreement that Snake is Snake is Snake. doing the real work in the trenches in his own home. In his mm-hmm. own fucking home. In his own home. Um fighting, fighting for, for his, his right. right in his life. Um <laughs> and uh Craig. Craig's gotta go on there because Craig was just he was Craig's just trying to do there. be a good I'm... he was trying. I gotta give it to Spinner yeah, too. Yeah, Spinner was doing his best. It just yeah. wasn't good enough, unfortunately. For 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 Paige, I mean for Paige, it wasn't, and that's Paige. fine. But like he did well. No, his best included announcing to the entire class that he's true. Spineless. The means to which he achieved the end were questionable, but he was really trying. And his heart. But the original rocker did not have questionable means, unless you ask Mister Radich, and it wasn't good enough that's for her. True. So yeah, no, I feel was, you. I think he really did do his the road to hell is paved with good intentions <laughs> i just really wanted to say that in this episode i it's like one of my favorite quotes <laughs> no it, it makes sense, it makes sense. Uh, right it wasn't completely out the frame 
it wasn't completely yeah no it's it wasn't at all it's completely applicable i like it it's a good quote um any other shining stars i think so the fucking lady who's a plot device doing all the fucking work running that center (laughs) yeah yeah Like, I can't even really blame her for being right. Kind of she's just like, who are you? And what are you doing here? She's doing her best. There was, okay, so to be fair, we do see a doctor when Emma goes up to the floor there's to see There's a singular Shane. doctor. So there's at least one doctor okay. on the premises, and we do see a couple of orderlies, like, yes. run through when she's like, I have to go yes. deal with this. I saw those people. Um, But she seems to be very much running this alone um that doctor didn't look very helpful at all <laughs> no like he didn't hear what was going on in shane's room he wasn't like why do i hear this young woman's voice that i've never he heard couldn't before? be like, fucking bothered no he's yeah. just doing his thing wow wow, wow. <laughs> he's like i'm on my break <laughs> uh he sure did um but yeah i, I think that's it i mean I think we yeah. got the two shining stars, the three shining stars of the episode, and and a, a lot, lot of super bombs. A lot of people sucks, but it's fine. A lot of people suck. Yeah, and I mean, I guess now it's is it is it just time to ask? Uh, does it go there? Does it go there? Does it go there? I would say yes. It tackles some shit. Emma's dealing like some nuanced topics here. Oh, yeah. It's not black and white, and it it goes there. I mean, definitely. And Spike gets assaulted into giving birth. She does. She gives really. She does give birth under duress. You were (laughs) like. Like, baby Jack came into this world fucking confused more than the normal baby. Like, she like she bumped into that. He threw her into that table. Like, yeah, table yeah. and hit her belly. And baby Jack was like, "Yeah, move out. Not safe in here. It's getting kind of shady." <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen that tweet where it's like I was asking my friend how his neighborhoods managed not to get gentrified and he's like, oh, every week, like once a week I go out and just fire a couple of shots. Oh my God. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, Baby Jack serves himself an eviction <laughs> notice. He's like, I'm going to just bounce on up out of here. <laughs> Breaking this lease. Sorry. Uh, Don't worry about well, my deposit. I'm gonna head out. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking man. Yeah. This it went there. It went there. It went there. Thanks for listening to your mom's podcast. Join us next week where we'll be discussing. You got the look. The beginning of an era. The Thong Girl, Wrong Girl era. This episode of Your Mom's Podcast was made possible in part by Joan Fabrics, the Degrassi Insect Club, and support from listeners like you. If you'd like to further support our show, you can find us on TikTok and Facebook as Your Mom's Podcast. We also have a Facebook group of the same name. 
and you can find us on Instagram at YMPadcast. Your Mom's Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscriptions and reviews are another great free way to support us. However, if you're interested in supporting us in not free ways, we have a lot of great bonus content on our Patreon, and some great merch at our shop, which can be found at your-moms-podcast-shop.fourthwall.com. And remember, that's podcast. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Thank you. We would like to say a thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Octavia Faith, Margot Mancini, June Bard, and Abots. And a very special thank you to our Titty Snake producer, Alika Fenderson. Thank you so much for supporting the show, guys. Thank you. Ew, I hate how I said thank you. Thank you.